Ketubot Ta'fa'ayin Aleph, we last started the seventh parak of Masechet Ketubot, which is Perik Hamadir. A person vowed that his wife can't have any benefit from him. If the vow was for up to 30 days, then he could have someone else feed her and he pay him. After that, anything more than 30 days, then you have to divorce her. And Rabbi Uda said, it depends. If he's a Yisrael, it's one month, and anything after one month, you have to divorce her. And by Kohen, you could vow up to two months. And after that, if he said three months, then he has to divorce her. And with that, we're starting Ayn Al-Famud Aleph, first line in by the two dots, Rabbi Uda Omer, Bisrael Chodesh Echad. And the Gemara says, Hainu Tanakamat, sounds like Rabbi Uda and Tanakamat the same. It's 30 days, 30 days. So Amar Abaye, Kohenet, no, Rabbi Yudah is coming to teach us, or he's coming to be mechadesh, what would be the deen by a Kohen, that whole two-month, three-month difference. Rabbi Amar, there's another difference. There's the Chodesh Malev, Chodesh Haser Ikabinayu. The difference is, according to Tanakhama, it's 30 days, actual 30 days. According to Rabbi Yudah, even if it's a 29-day month, he said Chodesh, so 29-day month, if it's a short month this month, then according to Rabbi Yudah, they would have to get divorced. That's the way Rabbah says that even with one month, there's a difference between Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda. And Amarav, Lo Shanu Elabim Faresh. When did we say 30 days and then he has to uh, divorce? So that's only if he actually said 30 days. Aval Bistam, if a person didn't give him an amount, he didn't say 30 days, Yotzil Alter Viten Ketubah. Right away, uh, give her her get and give her Ketubah. Ushmuel Amar, Afilu Bistam, even if he didn't specify originally how long it was going to be for, still, loyalty, don't divorce until 30 days. Maybe he'll find the rabbi to be Matir Deneder, he'll open, he'll say, I didn't mean this, I didn't mean that, and this way he could feed it through someone else and we could uh, keep this marriage. Now the problem is, now, one time they had this machloket, Rahab and Shmuel, we learned, that a person said, I'm not going to be with my wife. We wait, we wait, two weeks. One week. And Rab said, this dafka, if he said, I'm, I'm swearing for one week, if he didn't he said in a certain amount of how long he's not going to be with his wife for, even if he didn't specify, still, don't divorce. Maybe he'll find an opening to his neder and he'll annul it. So then, if you already have that machloket about tashmish, then why do you have to have the same machloket over here? So the Gemara explains, we need both. Why do you eat? Because if you only told me the machloket of Shemuel by tashmish shemitah, I would have said, maybe over there, Rav said that if he didn't specify, he should divorce right away, and we don't wait, maybe we'll find a way to annul the vow. Because you can't have someone else do it for you. About beha, but when you don't want to feed your wife, they have shabbat and as you could have someone else do it for you. Emma model the Shmuel. Maybe you'll agree with Shmuel that if a person didn't specify how long the vow is going to go for, then thirty days will wait. Be it mar behan. If you only told me the machloket of Shmuel by food, I would have said beha kama Shmuel. Maybe over there Shmuel says that if a person didn't specify a certain amount of time, then we wait thirty days. Why mishum dev shabbat panas? Because you could have someone else do it. But when it comes to Tashmish Amita, you can't have someone else do it. Maybe Shmuel would agree to Rav that if he didn't specify time right away, give her a get. That's why I have to tell me that the Machloket is in both. And the Gemara has a question on Shmuel. 
Tanan. We learned in the Mishnah Hamadirat Ishto Shelot Itome Had Mikola Perot. If a person made his wife vow or he vowed on his wife that she's not going to taste something, and we explained that she made the vow and he uh, accepted it, he didn't uh, uh, protest it, you'll see Veiten Ketubah. Divorce right away, give her a Ketubah. And the Mishnah didn't specify a time. Now, Bishlama, I understand according to Rav, Kan Bistam Kan Bimfaresh. The Mishnah with the fruits, the reason he has to divorce right away is because he didn't specify a time. And the Mishnah that uh, talked about him, the uh, person vowing that his wife's not going to benefit from him, Bim Faresh, he, uh, he specified a certain amount of time. That's why we had 30 days. Okay, he could explain it that way. Elal Shmuel, who holds that even if a person vows uh, without specifying a time, we still wait. Maybe we'll find a way to get out of it. We'll do Atarim or something. Kasha. It's her problem. Why are we making them get the voice right away? Why don't we say maybe they'll do Hatar Darim? So the Gemara explains. Over here we're talking about a situation where she made the vow and he accepted it. Now, since it's all up to her, she she's not she doesn't want to be with him. She's not going to ask for Hatar Darim. So they're sort of stuck over here. And Rabbi Meir over here holds, he's the Stamtana, the Mishnah, he holds over here that he's the one who caused it, he's the one who put her finger in her mouth, meaning he's the one who caused it by him not protesting this, he's the one who caused this. So the Gemara asks, wait a second, does Rabbi Meir really hold, he's the, uh, he's the one who causes her to bite herself when he does not protest the, the vow? A woman said, I want to be a Nazir. I don't want to drink wine. I don't want to be metamet that people. Then her husband heard this. He didn't annul the vow. She is the one who caused the, the, the vow to stand. And it's her fault. Therefore, if the husband wants to annul the vow, okay, you can do that. And if he says, I'm not interested in a woman who keeps on vowing things on uh, on her body to make herself suffer, I'm not interested in that type of case, then she goes out without a ktuba even. He's the one who's causing this by him not protesting it. If the husband wants to protest it, he wants to annul the vow, you could do it. And if he says, I'm not interested in this type of wife who keeps on vowing, you'll see Vayten Ketubah, divorce her and give her a get. And give her a Ketubah. So you see that uh, according to Rabbi Meir, she's the one who caused it, not him. The Gemara explains, you have to flip them, the, word, the names in our Brayta over here. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yudah, Omrim, Hunoten. According to Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yudah, says he's the one causing it by not protesting. And Rabbi Yosif, Rabbi Lazar, Omrim, Hinatna. And Rabbi Yosif and Rabbi Lazar say she's the one who caused it when she made the vow. So the Gemara asks, Vesavar, Rabbi Yosif, Hinatna. Does Rabbi Yosif really hold it when she makes the vow and he doesn't protest it? He's the one who caused all this. We learned in our Mishnah that if a woman vowed she's not going to put on jewelry and the person did not annul the vow, if it's a poor woman, he should give her divorce right away. Because he didn't set a time. So you see that according to Rabbi Yossi, he's the one who's causing it, not her. So the Gemara answers, So let's start switching rabbis. Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi are the ones who say that who not then he's the one who caused it. Rabbi Yudah Rabbi Lazar Omrim he not na she's the one who caused it. So the Gemara asks, Oh, Vesavar Rabbi Yudah he not na. You really want to say Rabbi Yudah is the one who holds that she's the one who caused it? Vehat na. But didn't we learn that Rabbi Yudah Omer be Yisrael Yom Echad Yekayem? 
that if a person vowed that his wife's not going to have any benefit from him, if he's Israel, one day, oh, let it go. Two days, divorce her. Bottom line is, you see, according to Rabbi Yehuda, he's the one who caused it. So the Gemara answers, All three of them hold that who ten. He's the one who put her finger in her mouth, meaning uh, he's the one who caused the bite her. She, he's the one who caused this to stand. It's his fault. And Rabbi Lazar is the one who says that she's the one who caused it. And if you want to say, it can't be because uh, the Braitha was really just talking in pairs. It was supposed to be two rabbis versus two rabbis. So, okay, now you could say Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lazar are the one who said that she caused it. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi Omrim, who not then? And Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi are the ones who said that he's the one who caused it. Vihastama, they look at Rabbi Meir. And you could say that our Mishnah, this is a Islam Mishnah, not like Rabbi Meir, a different rabbi. So now the Gemara wants to go back into Rabbi Yossi. It's said by a woman who vowed that uh, she's not going to put on any jewelry, not going to decorate, not going to dress nicely, and uh, he didn't protest it. He has to divorce her. Does Rebiosi really hold with a poor woman? He should divorce her right away if he didn't set a time. Alma, what do you understand? That that a husband is allowed to annul this vow. But didn't we learn Mishnah Nedarim? The husband is only allowed to annul the following vows. Things that make her suffer. For example, if I'll take a shower, if I'll not take a shower, if I'm going to put on perfume, not put on perfume, and I'm out of BOC, and BOC holds these are not called suffering. So what is considered uh, suffering according to Rabbi Yosif? The following are suffering. If she vowed, I'm not going to eat meat, not drink wine, and I'm not going to wear big debts of uncolored clothing. Bottom line is, you see, according to Rabbi Yosif, that this is not one of those things that he can uh, he can annul. Therefore, it's not on him. So then how could you say in our Mishnah that Rabbi Yosif says he should divorce her right away? So the Gemara explains, asking, now what are we dealing with over here with the Riyasi? We're talking about things in between them. And when she said, I'm not going to put on Besami, uh, I'm not going to dress, we're talking about she's not going to take off the hair in the area of Tashmish. So this is something that disturbs Tashmish, and therefore, if a husband uh, does not annul that vow, there is suffering involved, and he's the one who caused it. So now the Gemara says, This makes sense according to the one who says, Things that are in between them, The husband could annul. Uh, but according to the one who says, That the husband cannot uh, annul those vows, What are you going to say? Here's the Mahloka. Things that are in between them, for example, taking off the hair from the area of Tashmish, Ravuna Amar Habal Mefer, Ravuna says that the husband can annul those vows, Ravadabar Haba Amar, in Abal Mefer, that the husband cannot annul those vows, why? Because he's not really suffering Shalom, it's in Shu'al Shemet Be'afar Pir. We never saw a fox die in the dirt or in the mud or in the dust that he grew up in. Meaning, since this man is used to this woman, so a little bit of air is not going to bother him. So therefore, there's no suffering involved over here, according to Rabbi So how is he going to explain this? 
What are we dealing with here? She connected her getting dressed up or taking off the hair to Tashmishamita. And there's a condition one on the other. One's hanging on the other. She's saying, If I get dressed up, then the enjoyment of your Tashmish will be Asur on me. And that's something in between both of them that has to do with suffering that he could annul. Kidamar of Kana, like Rav Kana explained. Damar of Kana, a woman who told her husband, tashmishi alecha, I'm vowing that you can have you cannot have any benefit from me with it through Tashmish. Kofa umshameshato. He could compel her, he could say no, this this vow doesn't mean anything, and she could be with him because she has already mishu'bedit to him. She's already obligated to be with him. Meaning she's oser on him, something that's not up to her to be oser. However, if she said, If she said that I'm not going to have any benefit from your tashmish on me, then yafir, then her husband has to annul that vow, so this way she doesn't get the isur. We cannot feed something to someone which is Asur. So he has a right to be with her because she's Mishobatim. The problem is she was Osed Hana'a. So therefore, he's just going to annul the vow. So this way she doesn't get Ma'avira. So the Gemara says, Velot Kashet, Velot Aser. Okay, in that type of case, why, should, why do we need an annulment of the vow? Tell her, don't get dressed, don't take off the hair. And this way you want to be Asur, just continue having uh, Tashmish that way. Gemara explains because Imkan Karulam and Uvel because then people are going to say she's disgusting and people are going to make fun of her. People are going to put her on the spot and she's going to have to take off that hair. Then she's going to have to clean herself and then she's going to be asur to her husband. The Gemara says, "Okay, vetit kashet vete aser." Why don't we tell her, "Okay, take off your hair and then you'll be asur at that point." Because ilavet shamai shte shabbatot ilavet hilel shabbat achat and again we'll have like uh, like the whole machlokit betilam shamai two weeks one week. And uh, if anything happens, maybe find a reason to do hatarat nidarim, and we should clean this up. The Gemara explains that one week, two weeks, that's where he is the one who said, we're not going to have tashmish. She's thinking, okay, what's the reason he vowed to stay away from me? He's angry right now. Afterwards, he's going to calm down. He's going to find the reason to do hatarat nidarim. He's going to go to shul and do it. Here it's worse because I made the vow and now and he kept quiet. She's thinking the fact that he was quiet and didn't protest this uh, this vow. Maybe he hates me and maybe she can't live with him. And that's why he has to divorce her right away in this type of case. So you can't tell her, okay, take off your hair or get dressed nicely, become asur, let the guy do hatart nidarim within a week or two, uh, because then you're setting yourself up for a situation where you cannot do hatarat nidarim anymore. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Omer Ba'aniyot, when there was a vow not to get dressed and he did not protest it with uh, poor girls, he has to divorce her right away. If he did not give a set uh, time for his, for the vow, and the Gemara just understands. Okay, so what's a normal set time? Amar of Yehuda, Mashmuel, Shenem Asar Chodesh, twelve months. 
meaning the highest you could go without uh, letting her get dressed nicely is 12 months. Ten years. Until the next holiday. Because they get dressed nicely on the holiday, and if you're all, you can't be all from getting dressed nice on the regal, and therefore you have to divorce her. And we said if it's rich girls, 30 days. So why 30 days? Uh, an important lady, she's used to all these different uh, uh, perfumes and nice clothing. She enjoys that uh, smell, that fragrance for the first 30 days. So meaning whatever she's wearing now, we'll give her 30 days with it. If you're not going to get her something new in, in a month from now, then divorce her. Next Mishnah. And again, we have to explain like the Mishnah before, we're talking about where the woman made the vow and the husband did not protest. So, If a man vowed that his wife cannot go to her father anymore, basically we're saying where the girl said, I don't want to go to my parents anymore, and he didn't protest. If her parents live in the city, if it's one month, okay, she can handle not going to her parents for one month, okay, then let it stand. Two months, if it's already been two months, give her a divorce, get out. But if the parents are in a different city, up until the next holiday, okay, you could, uh, we can handle that. If it's three holidays, and divorce her. If again, same idea, she made the vow, he did not protest. He made a vow that she cannot go to a mourner's house, she, not can, she can't go to weddings. Because you're locking the door in front of her, meaning you're you're hurting her because no one's going to want to come to her no one's going to want to come to her but if he had uh, he had a good excuse there's over there there's bad people he made up something he has a good excuse then Rasha he has a right same idea if he says that you could have benefit of tashmish with me or anything like that or have hana'a from me on condition you'd say whatever you said to me, say it to, to someone else. Or you, you repeat whatever I said to you. Or he wants her mixing and taking out the trash. And the Gemara explain what that means. Divorce her right away. And the Gemara starts. This Mishnah itself is is contradictory because Amat on one end you told me up until the next regal if her parents were in the city up until the next regal uh, next holiday then you could stay married. But if it, we understand that if it's two holidays you'll see if it's a divorcer. Emma Sefa look at the Sefa it's a Shilosha three holidays you'll see if it's a divorcer. If it's only two you can they could still stay married. So Amar Abaye Sefa the Sefa it comes to uh, Kohenet, meaning when it takes three months, that's if she's married to Kohen. And he goes according to Rabbi Huda, that we give a Kohen a little bit extra time, this way they can calm down, because if they get divorced, they can't get married to each other again. There's no contradiction. Depends. Is she a type of girl who's always going to her parents' house, or not? If she's a type of girl who always goes to her parents' house, then it's one, because two, she can't handle it anymore. If it's if it's the type of girl that doesn't usually go to her parents once in a while, 
then two holidays she can handle without her parents. Three, that's already too much. And the, the once we're already discussing about Redufa, she's chasing to go after her parents, we're going to talk about a Pasuk. The Pasuk in Shashim says, I was in his eyes like someone trying to find peace. It's like a bride who is found complete by her in-law's house. And then she runs to her parents to say how great she's been accepted by her in-laws. There's going to be a time where you call, where you uh, you're going to call Hashem Ishi, my husband. Not Ba'ali. It's like It's like a kala who's by her father-in-law's house. Not like a not like a girl by her parents' house. When a kala is living by her in-law's house. It's my husband, you know, they're closer to each other. She's not embarrassed of him. But when she's still engaged, she's still living by her parents. He's Bali. It's a language of, he's my master. Like Baal, he's my master. Sort of the same language a slave would use. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, Madir Tishtof, a person uh, kept a vow that his wife said that she's not going to go to a mourner's house or she's not going to go to a wedding. Divorce her right away because you're locking the door. So Bishlam I understand where he doesn't want her going to weddings. That could be a problem because that's her let out. That's where she could go be happy. And you, you can't take that away from someone. But when he vows or when he keeps a vow that, that she can't go to a mourner's house, what's the loss over here for her? So the Gemara explains, Tana, what's the reason? Very easy. Tomorrow she's going to die. So if that no one's going to mourn her. And some say no one's going to bury her. Meaning, if she's not going to take care of people when they're in mourning, no one's going to take care of her when she's in mourning. So it's a uh, it's a back and forth over here. So therefore, he cannot make that type of vow. He cannot uh, keep that type of vow because he's causing her to suffer at a later date. And Tanya, the Pasuk says, It's better to go to a mourner's house than to go to a wedding. That's the, the end of a person, and the person is going to pay attention, is going to take it to heart. What does that mean? The person who's living is going to put it on his heart. Things of death, meaning, He's going to pay attention to anyone who who mourns other people. People will mourn him. Anyone who buries people, people will bury him. Person who picks up his voice and cry, people will cry for him. The person who accompanies the dead, people will accompany him. The person who carried the, the, the body, people will carry him. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.